Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter, on 80s music. This is episode 17. I'm Russell as always and this is Rebecca. Hello. Hi Dad. You alright? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. And I'm guessing you're in a much better mood than the last couple of weeks. Yes, especially after last week, which is the worst week that I've had so far. Yes, this week you've done good. Yeah. You've done it. Yeah. Thought that might be the case. Yeah. Although we're still yet to see. I was thinking after our last one, I think we mentioned that you've not had an all miss week because it was such an awful week. You were saying it's still good because you've still not had an all miss week. And yeah. I was thinking as I was doing this, I was like, oh, but he's never had an all hit week either. No, we haven't. No, you've always found fault with at least one. Yeah. Sometimes, and I think as we go further on, it will get harder because there's less, there's there's quite a few groups that were like just a couple of hits. Yeah, that's what I, I know. Find hard. And as I keep going back to, obviously with like the Vapors, they only had two hits and yeah. you, you went with them. But as we saw a couple of weeks ago, I think there was a group that only had a couple and you said, obviously you'd put them as, as a miss because they didn't have many. Yeah. So it works both ways. Yeah. So um, it'd be interesting, but there's probably not many more weeks left where we can probably get a, a full range of hits, I think, because just the, the amount of music that they're, that you'll be listening for certain groups. Yeah. Well, if they're as good as the Vapors, you never know. Well, true, true. Nothing wrong with a stocking filler. <laughs> Nothing Which in at effect all. is what they'll be. <laughs> Basically, I they'll like be a stocking. filler for the the podcast. <laughs> well, I like a stocking, so bring them on. Okay, so let's talk music then. So last week you had Queen. Yes, I did. All the notes. XTC. I keep saying ecstasy, but it's XTC. Yeah, that's what I kept saying when I was doing it. Toto and sticks. Yeah. So have you got a favourite for each of those? I have. I have. That's a good thing. There's only been one that I've not been able to pick for. Yeah. And that wasn't even a heavy metal one either. That no. was um, Selector. Yeah, that was just awful. Yeah. Um, so I've got Queen. I went with Save Me. It was very hard to pick. Let's put it that way. Okay. Paul and Oates. I went with Man Eater. Again, was quite hard to pick for. Uh-huh. XTC was Senses Working Overtime. Uh-huh. Toto, Hold the Line. Ooh. And Sticks, The Best of Times. Ooh. 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 Interesting, the last two there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I won't ask why. You can reveal no. later on. So, how many number ones do you think you listen to? So if Queen doesn't have any number ones, I'm quitting. Like, I'm just <laughs> quitting. The, eight, the 80s is not worth it if Queen hasn't had any. Like, I just, you lot were mad if they've not, okay? But I've gone for five. I've not five. gone major because I could have probably said that Queen had like 10, but uh-huh. I've got to rein myself in. So I've gone for five. Okay. And that's not all from Queen. Right. Well, you only listen to two. No, that's bad. And only one from the 80s. Well, as long as one was from Queen, then we carry on. We will find out. It'd be like a cure, <laughs> wouldn't it, when I said it? Yeah, if I don't like the cure. <laughs> but so, then I didn't well, like the cure. 
So no, now I'm like, still oh, doing. <laughs> has Queen not got any? Oh no, we'll see. We will. Well, it won't take us long because Queen's first up. Yes. So let's talk Queen. Yes. So obviously I've heard of Queen. If you've not heard from Queen, you need to educate yourself. But to be fair, I've heard of Queen, but I didn't actually recognise many. So like when you send them, like obviously we know what I'm like, that I can't always name songs to match the artist. But someone like Queen is a pure example of the type that I could, if you ask me, name a Queen song, I could. But then when you sent me the list, and there was quite a few of them, I didn't actually recognise some. And I was surprised that I had no idea that Queen sung Flash or Under Pressure or Another Bites to Dust. And I was like, oh, didn't know this. As I was then listening, Queen is so varied in how they sound. And Freddie Mercury doesn't always sound the same. Like it could be someone else singing. As far as I know, it's Freddie Mercury is then. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. yeah, yeah, but he has such a range in the like voices that he can do. I want to say, but he sounds different in like his tones that he uses. So that's why I probably never would have thought Flash or Under Pressure. Like I didn't know there was some by Queen. Like he's really versatile in the way that he sings. So that was quite nice to hear. Like I don't think we've had many like that where they can sound like not everything's the same. Like they've not got the same sounding on every song. No, and I would, I would most definitely, and he is probably the best vocalist there ever was. Yeah, he's iconic. Certainly one of if if he's if he isn't the, then he's he would definitely be in the top five. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, it was in the nineties, I think. So when Queen first like, split, sort of thing, he went off and done his solo bit, and obviously he sang Barcelona with um, I can't think of her name now, but she was a uh, an opera singer. Oh. And they done Barcelona. You, you, you know, definitely listen to it. But yeah, that, yeah. you know, the, the fact that he could sing with an opera singer. Yeah, you know, just shows. Was, was just shows. But yeah, that, that's quite something. Yeah. But also, considering, I mean, I know we're on the soft rock now, but I didn't, like, I forgot that they were rock because they don't really sound it until you get like a bit of the instrumentaling kind of thing. They're not. But then that's what soft rock is as well. It's mm. not in your face. Yeah, so they're, they're soft rock, progressive rock is ah, also okay. what they're Yeah, as. so it's not, it's not in your face and it's, you know... No, but I wouldn't say any, all of these groups you listened to this week were rock bands, but I wouldn't say they're like rock bands that we've had before that you've had. No, definitely not. But, you know, you've got, you've got your rock and roll, like Status Quo. Yeah. Clash, you know, yeah. that sort of rock. Then you had the rock, like... Bon Jovi, I don't think you've listened to them, but you had, no. um, who was in that group? REO Speedwagon. Oh, yeah, and, White uh, you know, Snake. That, that sort of rock, White Snake and that. And then you had the, the real heavy. heavy metal yeah. stuff. So yeah. rock is, you know, even you, I remember when we was doing Adam and the Ants and you said that you class that as a rock band, whereas I don't. Yeah, they yeah. They are classed as a rock band. So yeah. again, you've got, you got an even, it's a wide know what they range come under, that you can have. You know? So yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a few questions. Okay. Where's Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody was in the 1970s. Right. Okay. I thought it would be a thing. And then with the, um, so obviously I watched a few videos. Yeah. But what I decided to do with Queen, I know that they were at Live Aid. So yes. I watched three of their videos for the songs that I've been given. And then I was like, do you know what? 
I'm going to watch their Live Aid set. I watched their whole Live Aid set. It was amazing. But then I was just there and I was like, okay, there's a lot of songs that I recognise here that I've not had. Like, We Will Rock You, uh, We Are The Champions, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. And I was like, where are they? Are they 70s as well then? Uh, they must be 70s, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I, I didn't have them. And I was, and obviously when I listened to them, the only one that I was like, where is this? Is Bohemian Rhapsody and that's because it's just a big song and everyone knows that and the fit there's a film been made about queen called bohemian rhapsody so i was like where's this so we are the champions and we will walk you were a double a side oh. in 1977 and got to number two. Oh, okay okay bohemian rhapsody yeah was their first big hit right as in number one not big because oh, yeah. killer queen was their so you had killer queen yeah. Or, well, you had, sorry, you had Seven Seeds of Rye. Right. 1974, that got to number 10. Okay. Then you had Killer Queen, got to number two in 1974. And then in 1975, Bohemian Rhapsody got to number one. Right, okay. Uh, what was the other one you said? Uh, crazy Little Thing Called Love. I think that's what it was called. Uh, that was 1979, and that got to number two. Oh, okay, so it's a 70s one. Uh, all 70s. Right, okay, because I was like a bit worried. I was like, no way are these not going to be in the top 40, but where are they? But it just shows I don't know what's what. But, yeah, he's a bit of a strange man, isn't he, Freddie Mercury? Um, a uh, little bit strange. Like, watching his Live Aid set, you can tell that he is a... Um, like, rock artist, the way that he moves around the stage, and he's just kind of... I don't know, he just has a strange... Yeah, I think, so, I mean... I think. There is the film about him, which you definitely need to watch. Yeah, I can honestly say I've not watched it. Um, and I, th- I, I think he's a, I think he's a bit like Elton John. I mean, I've, I haven't oh, seen okay. the Queen one recently, but I've seen obviously the, the Rocket Man on Elton John. And they were both um, shy as as themselves. But when they're on the stage... They're it's, in their element. Like an alter ego. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I'm pretty sure from what I remember... Freddie Mercury was like, obviously, I know Elton John was evidently like that. And I think Freddie Mercury was exactly the same. He was quiet, shy, ah. you know, very private. But then when he got on stage, you know, with his voice, he was just so confident, obviously, with his singing and what he was doing, enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I put. They all, not just Freddie Mercury, like even the band, like the the ones on the instruments, they're so passionate you can see their passion and that they love doing what they're doing and to be honest like I wish I wish I could have gone to Live Aid because I've obviously watched other artists that we've previously had to do Live Aid and just I watched a whole of Queen set and oh my goodness it just looks so good it's amazing they've definitely got all the songs that I listen to, they've definitely got that 80s vibe, that 80s feeling that like I know that it's 80s that I'm listening to. You know, like that vibe and sound that I can't explain that I've said before, that I can just tell it's 80s. Like, mm. I think, does these have a synthesizer? Because I'm uh, sure not, I can hear something. Uh, no? I mean, Brian, it's got Brian May down as keyboards, but I only really know him as guitar. He was always on the guitar, you know. So right. I would say no, there isn't. Okay. No, there's only four. There's only the four of them, and you got the yeah. bassist, the guitarist, the drummer, and the vocalist. Right. There's okay. nothing else. Uh, and they did under pressure with Bowie, didn't they? So there must be. Yeah. They're big, aren't they? To be able oh, to do that as well. They're mad. They were Matt Queen. Were massive. Yeah. 
they were the I would I would say I mean I don't know but I'm pretty sure if you had Bob Geldof on the end of a phone and said which group did you want for Live Aid I'd have said he said Queen and they actually got back together for pretty much just before Live Aid oh what's they split up and again that's all in the they, they, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Freddie Mercury went off and... Um, no, but I mean, like, Live Aid was 1985, wasn't it? So they split up. It might, unless, it's, unless it was Live Aid. Oh, I can't right, remember okay. which. But, yeah, they, they, like, got together and... Just for him. That's amazing. But, no, it was, like, to be honest, being able to watch Live Aid on YouTube, that topped my week. That was the best part. But because I could sing along, even the songs that I didn't know, although... I will say I was surprised there was a couple of songs that I weren't that big a fan of, uh, which I was surprised about. I thought I'd like all of them, but I guess you can't like everything that an artist produces, really, mm. especially when they're doing such a variety. Yeah, and I think that's even with your own groups. I mean, you know, I've always said, you know, like a horror erasure, but oh, there'd be some albums where there's one, that one track that D- yeah, just yeah, it's just doesn't, whatever, just pull doesn't you get in. me. So... You know, you're talking a queen as not a, a fan fan, mm. as in a hardcore go and buy all their albums and what have you. So there's, I'm yeah. sure there's always going to be that one song that isn't. And as I say, if you went out and bought an album, there's going to be their album fillers, as they're called, that you're just not happy with, you know. I mean, and even, you know, the charts, the charts will tell you as well that there is a number 40. It literally only just got in. Oh, wow. So, um, wow. you know, there, there was some, and I hadn't heard of that one. So even I'd not heard of some of the songs that I gave you. I was like, I've never even heard of that. Do you like Queen? Oh, yes, yeah. I think you're, it's very hard to find someone who doesn't. Connor said he's not that much of a big fan, and I was like, get out. <laughs> like, he's really disappointing me. I'm not saying be a big fan and go out, you know, like I say, but you can't not like some of their stuff. Oh, I know. Bohemian Rhapsody, um, under pressure, as you say, um, even you know things like I want to break I free, want to break one free. vision, yeah. yeah, kind of magic, yeah. Oh, there's there's just so many, so it, and because like I've already said, there's such a variety, yeah. And it's yeah. like I was surprised, like going a bit morbid, but at Grandad's because Grandad was a big Queen fan, and at his funeral, Queen was played the opening song and the closing song, and mm. I didn't realize they did those type of songs, like very heartfelt songs I didn't even know Queen did those so that was shocking it just shows their variety like they can be so upbeat but they can be love songs they can be heartfelt they can be a bit of more rocky based and it's just it's amazing what they can do it was yeah it's like I'm kind of speechless in a way to how to describe them because they're just amazing yeah really enjoyed them okay brilliant well I I thought you might you know, because as I say, I'd be surprised if anyone didn't. But yeah, then, uh, obviously there's Connor. There's so, Connor. Um... There was one thing that Connor said, and I was like, oh, but he wants me to say it. The Invisible Man, he said, it sound. He made me replay it from the beginning. He said it sounds a bit like Ghostbusters, and he tried to really get me to hear it. I can't hear it, but he's asked me to mention it in case you can hear it. Mm. I don't know. It's I've never put them together. No, and I've never heard it before. I'm not saying it doesn't without trying to, I just know, even in my head, I can't, nah. I'd yeah, have to play them together, but yeah, no, it's not something yeah. I've ever heard before heard it, and he's just obviously making things up because he doesn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Queen were, or are, Brian May, 
guitar stroke keyboards, but I've only really known him as guitar, if I'm honest. To be fair, in I Want to Break Free, the video, someone's on keyboards there. Oh, I know okay. in the living room. Oh, right. So it might come out every now and then. Yeah. Uh, Roger Taylor on drums, Freddie Mercury on vocals, and John Deacon on bass. So May and Taylor were originally in a band called Smile okay. with um, Tim Stafel, who was the vocalist. And he was friends with Freddie Mercury and Freddie Mercury liked him, but kept saying they need to, you know, be a bit more up-tempo, rocky, you know. And um, he wanted to join the band and they kept saying, no, 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 because it's not fair on Tim, he's our vocalist. Then Tim left because he wanted to go more soul and okay. R&B and he just felt Queen needed to, or smile, sorry, as it was then, need to go that way. So Freddie Mercury then joined and it was at Freddie Mercury's request that they changed the name to Queen. Give it a whole new rebrand. And then um, in nine, so that was in 1969, I think that was, 67, 69. And then in 19, they were together, I think in 1969, doing Smile. Yeah. Then obviously um, Freddie Mercury turned up and then they formed Queen. And then in 1971, John Deacon then joined them as well. Right, okay. I wonder why Queen. I mean, that's just an iconic name. And they were formed in Ealing in West London. Right. So in Live Aid, now I know these are a British band, but on Live Aid, when Freddie Mercury spoke, I was like, you don't sound British. Well, he, he has like an accent. He's like Persian, Indian. Um, right. OK. Think, that's. Yeah. He's, I'm pretty sure he's Persian stroke Indian or. Yeah, right, so that explains his accent. Iran, it might be Iranian, actually. Iranian and in stroke Indian. And then he right, came okay. over to England and then, yeah. Obviously, right, that you know, makes sense. was educated in England and stayed over here. Whether yeah. his parents come over, I can't remember. Right, okay. I'm I think I think they did, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they, then they were, they were formed in 1970 and then John Deacon joined literally not long after and they've been the, the line-up since. And obviously, you know, up until Freddie Mercury's death and then John Deacon retired from being a musician. But May and Taylor continued and they're called Queen Plus and they've got Adam Lambert now. They did have someone else, Paul Quinn or something. Like, I can't remember what his name was now, joined first. And then it was Adam Lambert. Where's Adam Lambert from? Why do I know that name? I can't remember. Yeah, he was in, he was in, he might have been to do with, the Voice or X Factor? No, definitely I not X Factor. He, I no, feel like I he's he was, the Voice, but he might, he might well. But as I said, I'm pretty sure he come from something like that. I'm not sure he even won, but he's now. And he, I mean, yeah, he's he is good. I think he might have even been in Queen the Musical, and that's why they got him. Right. But I, I, might, I might. It's I just as soon as you said his name, I, I, I know that name. Yeah, so they're now known as Queen plus Adam Lambert. Right, okay. And it's just now May and Taylor. Right, so just three. Yeah, because Deacon has retired and obviously Freddie Mercury. What year did Freddie Mercury die? So why is that not in my head? In 1991. That's why it's not in my head, because it was before my time. Yeah. Right. So you said about Live Aid. I yeah. have got written down here. Uh, seen as one of the world's biggest stadium rock acts, their live aid 
performance ranks as the greatest in rock history. I'm not surprised. It was amazing. I wish I could have been there. Yeah. But I've said that before when I've watched another live aid. Yeah, uh, Boomtown Rats, it yes, was you it watched. Was. Not knowing yeah. that the old was the man behind it. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so Queen were, I suppose, in a sense, they were one of the headliners. Oh, yeah. The they, head, but they would have definitely been They're going to be the ones that the a lot of people would have heard of and are going there for. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, they've, they've had a lot of awards. Um, I've written down, I suppose, the bigger ones. So, in 1990, they won a Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to British Music. Um, in 2001, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. In 2002, they got a Hollywood star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Isn't it sad that Freddie Mercury doesn't even get to see this as well? Yeah. In 2003, all four members, because they all wrote songs, were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 2005, they won the Ivor Novello Award for Outstanding Song Collection. And in 2018, they won the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. That's amazing. So they're all big awards that they've won. A and, bit massive. You know, the ones that people would Legacy want. things that will, you know, like a star on the Hollywood Hall of Fame. That's always going to be there, you know. Yeah. Being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Always yeah, going to be always, there. You know, so they'll be remembered for, for eternity. Yeah, definitely. So... Why did Freddie Mercury die? So Freddie Mercury died from bronchopneumonia, which is a complication of AIDS. So he had AIDS. Okay. And his last live performance with Queen was at Nebworth in 1986. You know, literally not long after Live Aid was his actual last Queen appearance. Well, he got to do Live Aid. And as I say, John Deacon retired in 1997. So obviously you've heard of Bohemian Rhapsody. It's obviously their biggest song. It's the one that propelled them, I suppose. Mm. It was written by Freddie Mercury. Right. And it topped the UK singles chart for nine weeks in 1976, selling more than a million copies. Then in 1991, after Mercury's death... It again topped the UK charts for another five weeks. That's amazing, like a tribute. So then becoming the third best-selling single in the UK chart history of all time. Yeah, I doubt anyone's ever going to top that. Well, it was third. The two that topped it were Candle in the Wind by Elton John. Okay. Obviously on the back of Princess Di. Yeah. Which he'd already released once and then re-released it so a bit like bohemian rhapsody yeah and another song that's been released more than once do they know it's christmas oh well yeah so they are the two top selling and then bohemian rhapsody okay however it is also the only song to be the uk's xmas number one or christmas number one twice by the same artist so even though band-aid has been number one twice they had different singers both times oh yeah yeah whereas bohemian rhapsody is i've got to say though talking of christmas they had a christmas song thank god it's christmas yeah i gave you it yes. yeah. yeah not my favorite christmas song 
no, it's, it's not, not really a song. no. That's why I gave you it because it wasn't. It was in the charts. Didn't do that well. And it's not one that you hear no. or see on compilations. And it's not one that, that ever that comes often. out at Christmas. Like, it's not a known no, Christmas no. song. But it's not, I'm not surprised it's not. It's not. Like, you could have left that out. I yeah. did skip it at one point. Like, that's one that I'm like, yeah, that's not a song that I like. Yeah. So Bohemian Rhapsody has had, had 6 million copies sold worldwide. And it peaked at number two in America on the back of Wayne's World in 1992. Wayne's World? It was a film. Oh, okay, right, okay. And they sang it. Uh, and right. on the back of that... It, it then peaked up there. Then sold in America. Yeah. So bear in mind, it obviously probably didn't obviously do that well in America on its, in the 70s. Yeah. And obviously it done well here after Freddie Mercury's death, but it was the Wayne's World that sort of gave it that extra push in, in America. Mm. So yes. How did um people react to because he was gay, weren't he? Yes. Right. So obviously, I mean, gay or not, people do this, but in I Want to Break Free, this is the 80s and they dressed up as women. Yeah, How do and, people react well, to that? Over here, it was fine, but a lot of people say that's where their popularity in America was then lost. Right. Because Americans are weird. Yeah. Because in America, it wasn't seen as, it's like, what? Like, I did write, they've done something different and unheard yeah, of. Yeah. But obviously, nowadays, that's not No, no, no. So now, it of, like, it's, matter, but, but in the 80s. And yeah, it wasn't something, I mean, I didn't even, you know, although I was young. But yeah, I don't remember it being a big thing in the news or anything like that. But reading yeah, up on it, it or since I've heard about it in America, it wasn't. Because it had been at the time of MTVs that had been on video, you know, on, on everywhere. You know, and yeah, mm. Americans, they they panned it, evidently. I think they pulled it off, you so, know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think it is a good video. And really that good. was, again, Freddie Mercury's idea. Amazing. So, yeah. So worldwide, uh, their record sales are estimated to be between 170 million to 300 million. So if you look at the out of, of the middle of the road, you're looking at about 235 million sales. Wow. So they are up there as one of the best. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Like everyone, I don't know anyone that doesn't know Queen. I mean, Connor can be Connor or he likes to not like them that much. But he's heard of them. You know them and you're still gonna like at least one of their songs or have a favorite. Yeah. And that's what I mean by they're so varied. They they fit for everyone. Oh, definitely. Definitely iconic. Okay. So, Queen then. So there's quite a few songs. There is. So. Weren't complaining this week about how many of them. I mean, Iron Maiden, take those songs away, but this. Yeah. yeah. So your favourite was Save Me. Yes. Which was their early one from as far as the 80s goes. Their first single for the 80s. Mm. And um, it got to number 11. So just outside the top 10. Not bad. It was really hard to pick a favourite. Like, yeah. So I've said this before. When I know the band and I recognise songs, I try not to go with the songs that I recognise because they could easily be my favourite because I know them already. But I'd rather pick a song that you've introduced me to Yeah. that I'm actually picking a new song. Like I could have easily have gone for one that I absolutely love of Radio Gaga. Love that song. But why would I do that? Then you're not educating me into any new music. No, no. So I went for that one. But even so, I nearly went for um, One Vision. Nearly went for that one. So it was a toy between them two. Did you hear the fried chicken at the end? 
That's fried chicken. Well, a lot of people say that they say fried chicken right at the very end. Well, I didn't really get that. No. Okay. I'm going to listen. listen yeah, to I'm going to listen to that. And I don't know whether now is, I, I couldn't even tell you if it's true or because it's so in my head now. That's I just all hear you can fried hear. Fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no, I didn't, I didn't think fried chicken. I just thought yeah. it was like a okay. noise, really. But all right. Um, so also 1980 played a game, got to number 14. Also 1980, another one bites the dust. That got to number seven. Mm-hmm. And then again in 1980, Flash was number 10. And that was to do with a film, wasn't it? Because I think in it, the yeah, video, well, like, because you've got I'm guessing parts of the film talking in the song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Because uh, then in the video, that was a video that I watched, and they're, they're oh, like, yeah. doing their live performance thing that we always see. And they've got, like, a, it looks like a projector screen kind of thing. Uh, and you've got parts of the film shown on there. Although I'm not a big fan of that song. It's just, I just think it's annoying. The Flash adverts have ruined it. <laughs> 1981 with David Bowie, Under Pressure. Got to number one. Hey, okay. Uh, a bit sad there's that one, though, but good that they've got number one. But that wouldn't be the one that I'd say. No. I mean, they're a better one, I think. Okay. 1982, one I hadn't heard of, Body Language, number 25. That's not a bad one, you know. Yeah. 1982, Las Palabras de Amor, another one I can't say I really remember, no. number 17. And again, one I didn't know of, 1982, Back Chat. And that was the one that only just got into number 40. That one I really enjoyed. That one could have been yeah. a close top for See, me. And that only got to number 40. Yeah, that, that was a, my first listening. That one was really catchy. Uh-huh. And I really, like that one stuck out to me. But then when I listened to more and more, others peeped through. But yeah. yeah. 1984, Radio Gaga, number two. Ooh. And then 1984, I Want to Break Free, got to number three. How? Like, but okay. Uh, it's a Hard Life, also in 1984, got to number six. Right, not bad. 1984 again, Hammer to Fall, number 13. And then you add your Christmas one. So Christmas 1984, thank God it's Christmas, number 21. Also not too bad. 1985 was One Vision. Number seven. Oh, that's good. 1986, A Kind of Magic, which I do like. The FS adverts. Number three. 1986, Friends Will Be Friends. Number 14. Mm. 1986, Who Wants to Live Forever. Number 24. 1989, I Want It All. Number three. Well, that I was just about to say, that's another good one. That's another very good one that I really like. 1989, Breakthrough, number seven. Ooh. 1989, The Invisible Man, oh, or Ghostbusters, <laughs> number 12. So, yeah, they don't really get out of the top 20, do they? 1989, another one I can't say I remember, Scandal. Good one, though. Number 25. So it didn't even make the top 20. Jinx myself. 1989, Miracle, number 21. I like them too. So, so far, one number one. Yeah, I'm not. But I did, my five, I did, I do think that other groups could have a number one. So uh, I said, as long as Queen have one. And then, yeah. 
I gave you innuendo because that was from 1991 and it got to number one. Weren't a big fan of that one, you know. But that was a bit on the back of Freddie Mercury's death. And I remember there was one really good song on there that was they released in the ninth in the like, after his death, um, which was like his last video. How um, are they releasing ones he, after his death? Because they'd already they'd already recorded the album, and there's one right, where okay. there is a video of him, and you, he's obviously doesn't look well, but he he still goes through it, it's still brilliant. You know the pain he must have been in, and he still mm. sang. And yeah, um, I can't remember what one that was, and I'd be doing it an injustice by trying to remember, by looking it up and trying to remember. Like guessing. Trying to remember guessing, mm. yeah. But yeah, but innuendo on the back of it got to number one. Okay. And obviously, as I say, after his death, they re-released Bohemian Rhapsody, which also had um, These Are the Days of Our Lives, and that got to number one. Okay. I mean, I'll let it off, but Innuendo just weren't one of my... It weren't one that really drew me in. Yeah. So Queen as a whole have only had four number ones, and two of those were Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, so technically only three songs. And one was with David Bowie. Yeah, like that's why I'm surprised I think, under I, pressure. I should have looked it up. I think they wrote the song and got him. They to, got to him to feature them. on it. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's always been known as a Queen song. Their number one was Under Pressure, an innuendo that you listen to. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they got those two that I listened to. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect it. I mean, innuendo, when you've explained, like, you know, it would have been on the back of like his death mm. and people paying tribute and whatnot, that's fine. But I'm shocked that out of all those songs, it's under pressure. Yeah. It's not like, but then it's opinions as well. Like my, like my favourite is Save Me. I wouldn't say Save Me would be a top one just because it's my favourite, but everyone's different. And that obviously did well at that time and yeah. the sales. Sure. So um, before we move on to the other groups then, so what were you expecting to be number ones? Well, I thought I Want to Break Free would be number one. Okay. And I thought I Want It All. Uh -huh. might have hit up there there was a nut there was three and I thought ah I thought flash but because I know it's on the back of a film uh -huh. so I thought that maybe the popular that film one yeah because yeah. I knew that was from a film I thought if anything that's going to be one because uh -huh. it would have been and you would have sat there and gone that's probably on the back of the film yeah but yeah I thought those three so I didn't think any of the ones that you said okay and then so what other groups what other of you listened to did you think might be a number one? I thought Hall and Oates would have, would have one. Okay. Well, and I Man thought Eater. that would, yeah. Uh -huh. And I thought um, Toto would have one with Africa. Ah, uh, right. Okay. We shall see then. Well, we're not. I, we oh, know no, we're no. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll see whether they're near yeah. the top So, spot. Hall and Oates then. Yeah. I didn't really know what to think of these. Uh, the name didn't get anything. But then when I've added it to my playlist, the Hall and Oates bit are surnames. That is Daryl Hall and John Oates, isn't it? Correct. So when I heard Hall and Oates, I was like, who calls their band Hall and Oates? But it made sense when I was then adding. I was like, I'm guessing I'm adding the right ones because you didn't say Daryl Hall and John Oates. But yeah, so didn't really have any first initial, never heard of them, name didn't throw me off or whatever like how in previous weeks oh, well, that's gonna be mega rocky because of the sound of it didn't recognize any of the songs like on my first looking at it 
but they are really catchy and when I listened I think after first listening when I listened to it the second time they're that catchy and they're that they got me in straight away kind of thing and I was like started singing like yes I'm liking you again these also have that 80s sound that I can't describe so that always makes me think is there a synthesizer but Queen didn't have one so who knows but I'll find out in a minute um they're like mellow like like we've said like I said Queen I forgot they were even rock and we've said this week they're not re- they're not in your face rock like you can tell a bit with the instruments but they draw me in with like their choruses and how catchy their songs are um like some of their songs are a bit slow starting I'm like oh no this is gonna be a killer but then you get into it and it gets better um but there's not many songs to go by, to be honest. And then when I watched the videos, I watched two for them. It's like you look at them and they always wear, I mean, I did only watch two, but in the two videos that I watched, they wore suits and they kind of had their own colour. I was going to say they were suit wearers, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So formal. And they've got very bouncy hair. Like, I want to know how they get that much volume and it doesn't move. Probably hair lacquer. You what? Hair lacquer. What on earth is that? Hair lacquer. You've not heard of hair lacquer? No. It's like a hair, hair, sp- hair spray, sort of, called hair lacquer. Never heard of that. Okay. But I don't put anything in my hair, so I wouldn't really look. <laughs> Does it exist now? Or is this an 80s know. thing? Because if it's oh, an 80s it's thing, definitely, then... It's definitely what they put on, like, to, for your perms and that, just to keep it... Okay. Yeah. Gra- my mum, your grandma had... It was called hair lacquer or hairspray. Hair I mean, hairspray, spray. yeah, I know what that is, but that goes hard. Yeah, I think hair lacquer was just another... Another type d- right, word okay. for it. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. But yeah, their videos all look the same. Like, they kind of just... To, it's like they filmed them in the same space with the same type of outfit doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, not much to go by, but they were... It was nice to listen to. I enjoyed quite a few of their songs. Like, you only gave me six and there was only one that I weren't really a fan of so did well with that okay so as you've already said Hall and Oates were Davil Hall on vocals and John Oates on electric guitar wait so there was only two yeah because in the videos there's three people no it's just the two so the other one would have been just a musician right okay because i what yeah, i did so wonder because when i watched the videos and i saw three i was like well that poor guy he's unless he's like uh, i don't know that poor guy didn't get named yeah no he must just be whether it's the same guy all the time or just mm. someone you know i can't musician. think about whether he so, looked the same whether they i don't know if they had a drummer or another guitarist you know he was on the keyboard keyboardist, but yeah they were vocals and guitar so there you go yeah um, they were formed in 1970 in Philadelphia in the US. Okay. They're a pop rock stroke soft rock band. Okay, yeah, know. I'm with that. They actually met in 1967. And there's a bit of a story behind them. So they, they met in 1967 right. and they discovered that they both had similar music taste interests. Mm. And then they shared an apartment together. However... They were in separate groups. Oh, so they were like musicians when they met. Yeah, Daryl Hall was in the Temptones and John Oates was in the Masters. And as I say, they shared an apartment and they were always known by that. They were given a nickname of Hall and Oates. 
And um, it was even on their mailbox, Hall and Oates. So then when they, after their two groups obviously dispersed and disbanded, broke up, they became a duo. Oh. And they called themselves, after their nickname and the fact it was on their mailbox, Hall and Oates. And it's quite Just catchy. took their two surnames. So, yeah. But even then, it was still, so that was two years after they'd met. So they met in 1967. Yeah. They then formed in them as themselves in 1969 but they didn't actually get a record deal until 1970 hence they were formed in 1970 that's ah. when they were officially formed um, when they got their record deal with Atlantic Records label so they had five albums in the 1980s 18 in total oh wow between 1972 and 2006. That's not like a long period of time. Well, really. 1972 to 2006. Oh, no, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And they've had three <laughs> top 10 singles. Ooh. In that whole time or in the 80s? In their whole, well, in the 80s, I think. But their main their main time was, they were, they are an 80s band. They, they is, are an yeah, 80s, they're, they're known that's in when that they're, time. They're, when, when they were most at their peak pinnacle. Yeah. They spent 120 weeks in the UK top 75 albums chart. Yeah, but top 75, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the top 10, is it? And they spent 84 weeks in the UK top 75 singles chart. Mm. As in them, not, yeah. not songs, as in them yeah. themselves. Yeah. I'm like yeah. top 75. But... So that's still popular. Or even be sound better, wouldn't it? 75 is just a lot. But no, they were good to listen to. After all that, though, like I'm surprised there's only six. I would assume there'd be more. Yeah, as far as it is. So 1980, Kiss on My List got to number 33. Oh, so they didn't come in strong. 1982, I Can't Go For That, No Can Do, got to number eight. Oh, OK, and then that whopper came in. 1982, Private Eyes. Number 32. Oh, all right. We got a up and down these. 1982 Man Eater. Number six. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's top 10. If I predict a number one, if it gets in the top 10, that's, you know, that'll do. 1983 Family Man. Number 15. Okay, that's the one that I weren't that keen on. Uh -huh. And in 1985... Method of Modern Love, number 21. Uh, that was a close favourite of mine, you know. Uh, so a bit up and down. A bit up and down. Yeah. And I only had one top ten. No, two top ten. Yeah. Okay. So that was Call of Notes. Just before we go on, I didn't actually do it when we done Queen. But Queen had six albums in the 1980s. And they had 15 in total. So not as many as Darrell Hall and John Oates, who had 18. Oh! But they only had it between 1973 and 1995. Why 1995? That's after his death. Yeah, but as I said, they did release... Would have had work already. Out. Yeah, yeah. They had four number ones, as, I, as I've already said. So, yeah. So it's just the album bit that I hadn't put in. Moving on then to... XTC. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I even got muddled up with them because I always 
in my head, now we haven't gone on to Godly and Cream yet, but Godly and Cream were that? another duo. They were another duo who were, oh, they had a few hits in the 80s, but they were also a lot behind the music videos. They, they were really good producers, music videos and things like that, directors. But they come from a group and I thought it was XTC. And it wasn't until I was reading up on it and I thought, hang on, this isn't the group I thought it was. The group I was getting the modelled up is 10CC, <laughs> which no, is 70s, different. whereas XTC yeah. was obviously 80s. Well, I, I, uh, I say 10CCs. I don't think I've got it down for 80s. Might have it later, but if it is. I've listened to one song of that uh-huh. while we've done this. I don't know why I listened to it. What, who? 10CC? Yeah. Like oh. right at the beginning. Maybe I'm not in love. Oh, but I did. I bet I deleted yeah. it. Their main one, one was I'm not in love. Been... Uh, I'm yeah. not in love. Yeah, and it was the first week, uh-huh. but I can't remember oh, why. I can't remember why. Either. Why you said to listen to it? Can't remember. But yeah, it would have been to do with Godly and Cream. I'm guessing in some way, whether they'd done a video or whatever for some. I, I don't can't know. Remember. Long time. But anyway, ago. I actually got muddled up with XTC. Thinking I'm going to be talking about Godly and Creme, <laughs> and I had totally the wrong group, as in in my head. So yeah, so um, XTC. So what was your make out of those? So again, not much to go by. Six songs again. I feel like these have got a bit more of an edge to them. Like they were probably, if we're gonna say, because we're still on Rock Week, these are my most rock group. But I still wouldn't say rock. And, oh, so these remind me, like the way they sound, they remind me of someone I've previously listened to, like in a past episode. But for the life of me, I cannot put my finger on who that is. Uh, Well, I was thinking undertones. Maybe. That was one that, like, I was like, could it be the jam or undertones? Or I was, I don't know, but maybe. I didn't then listen. But that's only because of the making plans for Nigel. And if I remember, the undertones had a song, My Cousin or so. I can't remember what it was now. Wow. Oh, my cousins. It was my favourite. It was my favourite. What was it? My cousin's sister? No. I don't even know what episode we had them in now. Um... uh... My my perfect cousin. That's it. So whether that's I don't know. Nah. No, I don't think no, they literally sound like someone. Like I felt like I was li- like I feel like when I was listening to them, I was like, I feel like I've listened to these before. Like that the sound, the vocals, how they sing sounds like someone else, but I can't put my finger on who it is. And it was annoying me every time I was listening to these. And I really tried, like I had a look at all our episodes, I had a look and none of them really came to me without me going back through and listening to loads of different artists again. Um, I wouldn't be able to think of it unless they just, I don't know, unless I just like it and assume it's like someone, I don't know, but they sound really familiar. They all their songs are a bit similar though, mm-hmm. like similar sounding. So they've obviously got their sound and their hits are all that same sound, and that's what people liked and that's what they went with. But there are some of their songs I can't explain. They don't fully get my attention, and I don't know if, whether it's because I said like the songs sound the same that 
it feels like I'm just listening to the same one over again so I might zone out a bit but there's something there that's not getting me fully as previous artists have done but yeah like again there's not much to go by I got I found myself bopping along to them and I watched the um video for making plans for Nigel and it's a bit creepy when you watch it I'm just like okay what are you doing to this guy but I like when a video tells you a story like legit from the song so it was quite nice but I was like why this one it's a bit odd makes them seem a bit creepy and I did like the song making plans for Nigel that was nearly my favorite but yeah like you know when you look at them they all look different from one another like they don't all look the same like it doesn't look like they've got like a they're not related they weren't no, brothers no but i mean like you know i've said before that sometimes they all look like clones or there's like a like with like with hall and oats they both wear suits so they look the part kind of thing these don't like you've got one wearing cap and sunglasses all the time you've got another just chilling there's not a theme going on a collective look about them so a bit, a bit like Dixie's Midnight Runners, were they? No, they had they, it. They were wearing dungarees. Dungarees and. Yeah. But there has been ones okay. that are a bit like. It just looks yeah. like they've just been thrown together, kind of thing. Uh huh. Okay, so XTCR Terry Chambers on drums, Colin Moulding on vocals and bass. Right. Or sorry, bass and backing vocals. Andy Partridge guitar and vocals, and Dave Gregory on keyboards. Oh, so they were, they weren't like just like one person that sung and that was it. They all kind of had a little dabble. No, they had, they, I've got two Danners vocals and that was Colin Moulding and Andy Partridge. Yeah. Um, they were formed in 1972 in Swindon. Oh, okay. And they're known as an art rock stroke progressive pop. All right, yeah, I can get that. Even though they formed in 1972, it wasn't until 1975 that the band eventually was known as XTC. So they obviously used different what names. Were they? I don't know. I couldn't see anything on what their re- original names were. I guess there was quite a few. Yeah. Until they, they sat on XTC. XTC is a bit of an odd. Yeah. Thing, isn't it? I wonder how they came yeah. up with that. It's not even like an And issue. as I say, I automatically say XTC. XTC. XTC, Yeah. They refused to play conventional punk rock and preferred the synthesising influences of ska. In 1979, um, they got their commercial breakthrough with Making Plans for Nigel. So it wasn't quite 1980s. Yeah. But I put it in. Um, Due to poor management, they never received a share of profits from record sales, of which... There were millions, nor from touring revenue, forcing them into debt throughout the 80s and 90s. So in 1993, they went on a strike against Virgin. Oh, why? Who were their record label um, for being tied to an unfair record contract and eventually left the label. Oh, so in other words, they were obviously making quite a bit of money for Virgin, but weren't seeing very much of it themselves. Now, admittedly, they signed that contract, but poor management and then a bad record deal. Yeah, you would get annoyed, wouldn't you? So they didn't really make the money they probably were entitled to. Yeah, I'm not surprised they took some account against them then. I mean, yeah, like you say, like signed a contract, but at the end of the day, you're the artist, so you still you want to see your benefits, don't you? 
Yeah. So they had eight albums in the 80s, 14 in total, and they had one top 10 single. Okay. So, as I said, 1979, Making Plans for Nigel, got to number 17. Oh, right. 1980, a double A side of Generals and Majors and Don't Lose Your Temper, number 32. Oh. 1980, Towers of London, number 31. 1981, Sergeant Rock is going to help me, number 16. And in 1982, Senses Working Overtime, which is also my favourite, got to number 10. Okay, I'm glad it was my favourite that got in the top 10. Yeah, and it is a good song. Yeah, it is. It is. That and Making Plans for Nigel. Yeah. But like I said, these were just, I didn't expect to like these. After my first listening of them, I was kind of like, oh, all right. But then when I listened to them again, like, I think I even listened to these again in my car. I think I managed to go round, not fully twice, mm. but listen to them again. Like, I think it helps that I do like a run through and then go into it again because then they kind of grew on me. Yeah. Because they've got that bit more of an edge, I think it was kind of like, I'm not going to really like these, like from the offset. I was like, oh, no, maybe not, but they grew on me. Okay. Moving on to Toto. Yes. So these, when, so you've only gave me four songs, so we're getting less of the songs now. Yeah. And when you gave me them, I saw the word Africa, and I was like, oh, Africa, Toto. I swear, like, I've seen that written when, like, it's come up. I don't know why I've ever heard listen to this song. So I played that one. Like when I was adding it, you can do like a preview play. I've preview played it and I was like, oh, I know that one. But I don't know why I know it. I don't know why. So knowing what that one was, I was like, oh, I wonder what all the rest are like then. And they've got a really nice sounding voice. It's very calming. And I did, like, I feel like the other songs, apart from Rosanna, the other, like Hold the Line and I Won't Hold You Back, they're familiar, and I don't know whether I know them or they just sound familiar. And it's very simplistic, their music in the background, like what they do with the instruments. But their voices are very quiet. They're very quiet songs, so it was quite hard to listen. And they were quite chilled out and quite mellow, especially compared to what I've had. I mean, the edginess of XTC having these next, they were just very... I want to say like laid back, like they were just having a chill out time. And then when I watch the videos, they they give me like hippie vibes, the way that they look. They all look different from each other. And the same time, they've all kind of got a hippie vibe. There's, looks like there's quite a few of them, but they also look like just your average guys, you know, but that might be the hippie thing. Like, I don't know, I can't really explain, but there's something about them and then I'm like, oh, mellow, hippie, that could work. Quite hairy, they have long hair. Like one's got like big hair, one's got like long hair. They're just hairy men. But I could kind of zone out of them because they're that mellow. Like not zone out, like I don't, not like when I've said zone out in the past because I don't like it and I can just switch off to it. But these were just kind of like relax and chill. Yeah, I, I would say definitely, I mean, Africa's my favourite, and I would put that with Martha and the Muffins' Echo Beach. 
Okay. I would have them on a similar playlist and yeah, listen to them. I just think they're similar, not similar songs, but you know, they're, they're that similar relaxing. Feeling. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I do, Feel you know, that song, that. that's, yeah, they're those sort of yeah relaxing, as you say, songs. Yeah, that's all I got from them though. Okay. They're just relaxed and chilled. Yeah. So you were right about saying that they're um, a big band. So Toto were Steve LaCarthur, guitar, David Page, keyboards, Steve Pecoro, keyboards, Jeff Pecoro, uh, drums, Mike Pecoro, bass, David Hungate, bass, Bobby Kimball, vocals, and then Kimball left in 1984 and he was replaced by Joseph Williams. So they were formed in 1977 in Los Angeles, California, and they are known, they're classed as a rock stroke pop band. I would not put them in a rock category at all, really, yeah. to be honest. Hence why they were on this week. Yeah, but I wouldn't put them in it. MacArthur announced his departure in 2008, and the band pretty much disbanded then. Although they have reunited since in 2017 for their 40th anniversary, and in 2020, LaCarthur and Williams, they toured as Toto, although in the end they had to live stream due to COVID, obviously. Oh, right, okay. So, so in other words, of, they were still... They're you know, like around, around. Yeah. In 1983, they won an award for Rosanna as Record of the Year, while their album, Toto 4, won Album of the Year. So that was in 1983. They had six albums in the 80s and they had 15 in total and they had one top 10 single. Oh, that's going to be, that's got to be Africa. So Hold the Line was 1979 and got to number 14. I'll take that. I'll take that. 1983, Africa, number three. Oh, okay. So I thought that would be a number one. I mean, it's up there. That's up there. 1983, Rosanna, which I also like, got to number 12. You like that yeah. one? That yeah. part really mm, did really hit with me. And then 1983, I Won't Hold You Back, which was your favourite, wasn't it? No, Hold the Line to My Favourite. Oh, right. Okay. That's why I was like, um, I'll take that. <laughs> and that was number 37. Oh. So, as you say, not not a lot, but, no. you know, Africa, I think once you've done Africa, that, that was it. That's on pretty much every, it's played still now on the radio. It's but that must be why I know it. The majority of 80s compilations is uh, a 80s song. Yeah. It's one of those that just keep on going. And it is a really good song. It is a good song. It is. Yeah. But... I don't prefer, like, I prefer Hold the Line or I won't, won't Hold You Back to Africa, though. No offence to myself, but I prefer one of those. They've just got a bit of something about them. There you go. Okay. Sticks, as in S-T-Y-X. Yeah. So we've got even less songs. We're down to two now. Yeah. So these do not, these sound the least, when I said that, Toto don't sound rock at all, and it's hard to put them in this. Like, these do not, nothing, nothing gives away rock at all. Okay. 
So sticks are known as progressive rock, which was mm. what Queen were. Art rock, which is what Toto, I think it was, was, or um, no, not Toto, um, XTC. And soft rock, which is what all of these category they come under, I'd say. So there you go. They just don't sound like rock at all. Like they're slow, romantic songs in my head. Like not rock. They're like, they're just slow. They're mellow. They're chilled. And again, I'm like, do they have a synthesizer? And if any, if none of these have a synthesizer, do they? I give up with hearing things. Um, no, they have a keyboards, but not synthesizers. But they're rock groups, okay. not electronic groups. Yeah, I know, but I can just like hear something. There's just something there that sounds like, but it might just yeah. be the keyboard, and I just might be like, yeah, it's a synthesizer. Like, they're very mellow and chilled, and like I said, they're romantic, and only one of them, which was my favourite, had a bit of oops about it. There's just a bit a bit more to it. But, yeah, like, I was just like, what? This is a weird way to end my rock. This is not, like, what is Damn, this? I was, like, so, I was thinking we were on for a full house, and I just get the vibe <laughs> that sticks are going to be a miss. I'm just getting that vibe right now. Um, which is a shame. No, it's, it's not that I don't like it. There's just nothing there. Like, I wouldn't choose to put on this type of music to have... It's just a bit... I don't want to hear him singing about a bit, like, singing to someone. And, Babe, come on. No, no. It's just a bit too chilled, a bit too... Okay. Like I say, my favourite one had a bit of oomph to it, and I think that's just what I need, that little bit of something to get me. But again, these are like average men, you know. Average men again, put together. All right. You might you might be surprised by some of the stats and figures I'm about to tell you then. Right. So sticks are or were Chuck Panozo on bass, James Young on guitar, Tommy Shaw on guitar, Dennis DeYoung on keyboard stroke vocals, and he was the main songwriter, right. and John Panozo on drums. They were formed in 1972 in Chicago, US. How long did they go on for? And they had two albums in the 80s, but 17 in total, with one top 10 in 1979. Styx released four consecutive albums that have been certified multi-platinum. So in other words, two million copies per yeah. album were sold. But- that's eight million in total if you're saying four consecutive albums. Yeah. Eight yeah. million. So unless it was the same two million buying them all the time, which I suppose it could have <laughs> Probably, been. Probably, they had the fans. And that was between 1977 and 1981. What? That those? Yeah. That it? And then, yeah, those four albums were, yeah, in that short time, they sold multi-platinum albums on four of their albums, and it was between 1977 and 1981. That's mad. That's like an album a year. And then Styx broke up in 1984, but reunited in 1990. And then they broke up again, and then they've reunited again since. Um, while Babe, giving it away here, was in the top 10 right. oh. um, for three weeks, these were the songs that were, in, that were keeping it from Off the, the top. top. Mm-hmm. Brass in your pocket. Brass oh, yeah. Brass in Pocket, The Pretenders. Yeah, that was my favourite that week. My Girl, Madness. Oh, yeah. 
Too Much Too Young, The Specials. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Someone's Looking at You, The Boomtown Rats. So they were the songs that were more popular at the time than Babe. If those songs weren't around, Babe could have been a number one. I mean, that's an odd time, isn't it? That's your top, it was obviously top five, like number five, but they're your top fives at that time for three weeks. That's an odd time. Like, okay, yeah, like Brass in My Pocket, like The Pretenders and Madness, yeah. But what are the others doing there, really? <laughs> Just a bit of an odd time. <laughs> so when I say they had one top ten in 1979, it's because Babe was released in 79. Oh. They got to the top ten in 1980. Ah. Or was still in the top ten So it's class. I was going to say, so that I technically they've yeah. only had one, but no, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, so their two was 1980 Babe, number six. And now the reason I said at the very beginning that's interesting is you said you like the best of times. Yeah. I put that in there to give you another song to listen to of theirs. It was released in 1981. Yeah. But it only got to number 42. So it just missed out on actually being one for you to listen to. Well, you're lucky because Babe weren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it wasn't that good, but it got to number six and was in the top ten for three weeks. It was number six, yeah, number seven, no, four weeks, just... sorry. Number six, number seven, number six, and then number nine. I don't know. Like, I just have to have a bit of oomph with my songs, like, a bit of something. Like, I can't just listen. If I wanted to just listen to a heartfelt song, there'd be something going on in my life. And I think I've said that before. Like, if you caught me on, like, a day that I was really sad then, you know, that one might have got somewhere. But my general listening, that doesn't really get anywhere with me. But the best of times, they were lucky they had a bit of something about it. So you're lucky you put that one in. Good choice. Okay. So that's this week. That is this week. Hit or miss. So I think it's obvious. Queen is a hit. Yeah. I think I would have guessed that before. We'd even listen to this week. Yeah. I think we could have guessed that as soon as you revealed that I'm going to be listening to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Way back when. Um, Hall and Oates were a hit. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed them. And XTC were a hit. Uh -huh. Toto was a miss. Wow. I do like them, but they're just a bit too mellow and chilled like for me to probably go back and listen to again. I'd have to be in a type of mood because uh -huh. they don't really get me up and doing anything. Like, it wouldn't be while I'm doing things around the house and pottering about. Like, I don't know what type of mood I'd have to be in, but I did enjoy the songs. And like I said, Africa's a really good song and I really like Hold the Line. I Won't Hold You Back is, you know, it's all right, but I've not liked it to put into a separate playlist. And Rosanna I weren't that great a fan of. But yeah, they're not bad. They're just a bit too chilled and they all sound the same. So, yeah. And then Sticks was a miss as well. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I've introduced you. I suppose Hall and Oates is a big, is a big influence. Yeah, I've really enjoyed them. you would them. never have probably heard of them. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't have listened to them. So oh. um, I'll take that. And I suppose the same in a sense for X XTC. Yeah. And that, I weren't expecting to like them. Like uh, I said, they grew on me as well. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised at Toto. I like Toto, as I say, Rosanna. I do like and, um, it. I just don't think it'd be one that I'd go back to. And um, definitely Africa. 
but um yeah but there we go okay going on to episode 18 then next week yeah go on what have I got so you've what's got, the genre it's well it's hard to say you've got a bit of is it like a mix um yeah I suppose it is um I don't know I wouldn't It'd be interesting when I look them up what what it is all classed as. Yeah. But I suppose without putting you in a bad mood before you've listened to it or given you being, but Susie and the Banshees is one of them. You've and mentioned they that had. Um, I've forgotten his name now. Robert. Robert. Ah, oh, can't think of his name. The bloke from Cure. All oh, right. He went and not not wasn't a singer. I think he was just in their video, but. Um, yeah, he had something to do with them. So, and we know how Cure went down with you. <laughs> this is Susie in a band. But this is only one totally person. Different. Yeah. Um, bad manners, you're going to have. Mentioned them before as well. Um, so, there, he's sort of in the uh, madness mold, I okay. think. Okay. Sort of mold. Right. Um, but nowhere near as big. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bow Wow Wow. Right. Which, funny enough, was the group that. Boy George was almost a part of, but then got um, overlooked for um, the lead singer who, who became the lead singer, and then he went to see to Culture Club. Oh. And then finishing it off for the next week, totally different. This this one is compared to that the other three, okay. and that's landscape. But I've put it in here to give you a, a feeling of what's coming. Oh, okay. And to. So you had a, another band, just a group to listen to, because I didn't know who else to put in there. Um, so, yeah, Landscape. All right. Well, I've not heard of any of these apart from you mentioning yeah. Bad Manners and Susan, Susan and the Banshees. So we'll see. Yes. Okay, and we'll see next week what you think, because I'll be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be, it really could go either way. Okay, we'll find out then. So, yeah. All right. Okay, so I'll send those songs over to you. Yes, okay. Okay, and on that, I will say goodbye. Yeah, and I'll speak to you next week. You will indeed. All right, Dad. Bye. Bye.